welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Jared Neiman, pastor of Abundant Living Faith Center. Man, how many of you love the Lord tonight? Amen. How many of you are so glad that God is on your side? Amen. Come on, on the count of three, give God the greatest shout of praise. One, two, three. Come on, lift up your voice. Praise the Lord. I better get a lot of amens from the worship team. Because all y'all are always like, come on, raise your hands, lift your voice. And so now it's on, it's flipped. So I want amens at everything. Uh, Ditto to what he said. I will also tell you this, in thanking volunteers, I would have never thought of the end times. Only Charles Neiman can thank volunteers via the end times and circle that back and blow your mind all in six minutes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, You know, I love each and every one of you. It is so cool to see you all back in one room. You know, it's a lot of fun. And so thank you so much. Uh, The Bible does say to give honor where honor is due. And uh, I hope that you feel honored and cherished. Uh, But there is one person in the room that I think we should all honor. And that is the person who was just up here a moment ago, who for 41 years has led us with integrity, with faithfulness, with the heart of, for serving God, who has taught us and comes in here every week and has taught us how to enjoy the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. Amen? Amen. You know, a lot of people can be faithful for a month. A lot of people can have integrity for a couple years. You know what I'm saying? But 41 years later, to still be faithful and to still have integrity and to still stand for righteousness and to, to I, the list can go on and on. Amen? Amen. All right, well, I'm going to give you a work up, workout. Stand back up. We're going to pray. <laughs> Don't worry. Some of you ate bad at lunch. You need some squats. It's okay. Don't worry about it. One, two, I'm just kidding, sit, no. (laughs) Father, we glorify you, we honor you, we praise you. You are so worthy, Father. What a privilege it is to be in here on a Friday night, Lord. With over a thousand people. And we're just here for you, God. You're the reason we're here. To give you glory. To bring you fame and honor. It's not about fame for the world, it's about fame for you. That our lives would be a reflection of your goodness, of your grace, of your mercy. Father, I pray that the men and women of Abundant Living will never lose sight of your divine love for each and every one of us, your love that prompted you to give up your son, Jesus. And that Jesus would freely go onto that cross having been bruised and tortured and betrayed but he would give up his life so that we could stand here today right in your eyes 
given the privilege to proclaim what you have said is true about our lives. And so today, Lord, with all the honor and glory, we worship you and we pray that somehow, someway, our church and our lives will be a reflection of your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. All right. If we put a, a title to this message tonight, it would be titled Dream Bigger. It's a big message, and I don't have anywhere to go until Sunday at 9 a.m. on the west side, so uh, <laughs> buckle your seatbelts. This is going to take a while. Call your family and tell them to put the dinner in the refrigerator. We're going to be here. I promise I'll get you out by midnight or one in the morning. To all the free, all the West Siders, the freeway's closed anyway. You might as well sit in here. We're all going to sit on the freeway. So, for real though, take take uh, the border. I just want to show you a scripture here. It's out of Ephesians three verse twenty. I'm going to show it to you out of the Passion Translation. Many of you know this scripture, and in the New King James, it says that this is the God who is willing to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you ever ask, dream, or imagine. In the Passion Translation, it says abundant living. Never doubt God's mighty power to work on the inside of you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve, just listen to these words, infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and he will exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. So God says he will take your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and your wildest imagination. He will add them together and he will outdo all of those for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. 2017 was Quite an interesting year in my life and in Shannon's in our church's life. It was a year of transition. It was a year of change. It was a year where a lot of amazing things happened in our church. It was a year where we celebrated that the future starts now. And we celebrated our 40th year anniversary. It was a year where my dad honored us by promoting Shannon and I into the role of lead pastors and a lot of things happening in my own personal life. I uh, really began to feel the weight of all the transition. And at the beginning of the year, of course, many of you, well, all of you know, we built and opened a campus on the west side of El Paso. And that was quite a challenge and a struggle. And then in Thrive Conference, we celebrated the 40th year and I went on a trip with my dad and I just was really seeking the Lord during that trip. We were in Europe for two weeks where he was preaching and I was taking pictures of him preaching. And uh, so I went on vacation and he worked and he paid for it. That really worked out for me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was pretty cool. And uh, But I, I spent a lot of time in hotel rooms and I just really prayed and sought the Lord and said, okay, Lord, we've declared let the future begin, but what does that future look like? 
What does that future look like for me as a man, as a husband, as a father, as a pastor? What does that future look like for people like Cruz and Ezra and Jimmy and Felipe? What does that future look like for people like Brian Kessel or or, uh, Fabian or Marco or uh, Dina? What does that future look like? For John Bunton or Stephen Webb, what does that future look like? For Suki Mendoza, what does that future look like? For El Paso, I was just thinking of our church and everything that was going on, and I said, what does that future look like? And the Lord spoke to me, and he gave me a scripture, and he said, Jared, do not despise the day of small beginnings. And I thought to myself, what? Small? Small? I was walking through the West Side campus before it was a grand opening with the architect and we were walking through the lobby and I said, oh my God, it's, it's so small. And he, the architect looked at me and he said, Jared, you are the only person I know that would call a 90,000 square foot church small. I was like, well, there's only 18 feet in this hallway. It's small. And the Lord said, do not despise the day of small beginnings. And then he led me back to Ephesians 3 verse 20 where he said he will do exceedingly abundantly beyond our wildest imagination. See, in Revelations, it talks about the throne room of God. And in chapter four, you can go read it. It talks about these four creatures that are permanently for eternity in the throne room of God, and they are filled with eyes all around them. And there's 24 elders in the throne room. And these four creatures' entire existence is to look down into the spirit of our heavenly Father. And every time one of their eyes looks at the Father, they are revealed a new characteristic of God's glory. And every time, from the first moment of time till this moment, and for eternity these creatures see something new about God and they stop and they cry out holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and they know that there's more coming so they declare and who is to come and in that moment all 24 of the elders get off of their thrones and they bow down in worship to God that is how expensive and how big and how wild and how amazing and how glorious our Heavenly Father is that you can look upon Him every moment of every day for eternity and you will never grasp His full existence. That's how amazing this God that we serve is. Amen. And I'm convinced that one of the greatest struggles in Christianity is wrapping our brains around God. Because we view God through our humanity. And I'm here to tell you tonight that wherever your life is, whatever your dreams are, whatever your passion are, is they're not great enough for God. They're not big enough 
for your heavenly father. If you have a Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 15. Verse five, I'm gonna just share with you about dreaming bigger. This is the story of Abram and it says, after all these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, listen, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer, of Damascus, then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, the Lord shall, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, now, look now toward heaven and count the stars. If you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be and Abram believed in the Lord and he was accounted righteousness. This is a story of an encounter between Abram and God. And it is an encounter that would change the course of humanity for eternity. It's a story of one man's dream in relation to God's plan. And the first point I want to make to you tonight Number one is that you cannot outdream God. No matter where your life is right now, no matter what your dream may be, no, no matter how big or how challenging it may be, I want you to know that you cannot outdream God. Did you see verse number three? Let's look at it again. He said, Then Abram said, Look, you have not given you have given me no offspring. So all all Abram's dream was, was to have one kid. Just to have one kid. You all know the story that his wife Sarah had been barren and his dream was just to have one heir. And I have a feeling that he would have been happy. If that was it, Abram would have been totally satisfied, but God's dream was exceedingly abundantly beyond Abram's wildest imagination. And God said, I'm going to make that dream come true, but I want you to go outside and I want you to look to the heavens. I want you to count the stars. See, your dream is to have the one, my dream is to go so far beyond that you can't even wrap your brain around it. Of course, at this point, Abram doesn't even know that his name will be changed, that from his lineage, Jesus will come, the Messiah, the Savior. I want to tell you that no matter what your dream is, it is not big enough. Let me show you another scripture, 2 Corinthians 6. Chapter uh, verse 11 in the Message Bible it says, Dear, dear Corinthians, could we say, Dear, dear El Pasoans? Dear, dear El Pasoans, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in, the smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. 
I'm speaking as plainly as I can. Don't you love the apostle? I'm just going to cut it to you straight. I'm not going to beat around the bush with you. Maybe that's why us Neemans just cut it to you straight. I'm just speaking as plain as I can say. Right? The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plain as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives, abundant living. And live openly, live expansively. See, so often we define our dreams through our insecurity. We define our dreams through our disappointment. See, Abram was defining his dream through the disappointment that he and his wife had had for so many years. They had tried and tried and tried and cried and tried and cried and tried and nothing had happened. And so their dream got limited down. I'll just take this one, but God said, that is not good enough for me. I am the God who wants to go exceedingly abundantly beyond all of that. But don't define me via your insecurity or your disappointment. Don't define your dreams by what someone told you that you're not good enough or you're not smart enough or you're not strong enough. No, it doesn't matter what your kindergarten teacher told you, what your fifth grade teacher told you. It doesn't matter what your mom or dad or your ex-husband told you. What matters is the God you serve wants to make all your dreams come true. He wants to restore and refresh and revive and expand new dreams in your life, in your family, and in our church. I'm telling you right now, you're not dreaming big enough and you never will. No matter how big your dream gets, it'll never be big enough for God. I had this moment where God showed this to me and I thought to myself, okay then. Well then what's the dream, Lord? What is it? If this isn't big enough, then what is it? I mean, I wanted to have a small one. I tried to rent a movie theater and God told us to build a 2,000 seat church. I just wanted to rent Sunland Park movie theater. <laughs> I was gonna do a six month lease because you know, in case it didn't work, at least we could get out quickly. <laughs> I believe with all my heart that God has barely even scratched the surface, the surface of what Abundant Living Faith Center is gonna do in this city and beyond. Why is Hillsong the only church that can open up campuses? Why? Why would we stop on the west side? Why wouldn't we have a church in downtown? Why wouldn't we have one in Segundo? Why wouldn't we have one in the northeast? Why wouldn't we have one in the far east side? I'm going to take it a step further because God wants to go expansive beyond all that. Why wouldn't we have one in San Antonio? Why wouldn't we have one in Austin? Why wouldn't we have one in Tucson and in Phoenix? Why wouldn't we go to Alamogordo? If we can dream it, it's not big enough for God, Abundant Living. 
Why would we stop? Why is Hillsong the only people writing songs? Hey, creative team. Why can't Abundant Living sell albums all over the world? Why can't the next mayor of El Paso be from Abundant Living? Why can't the next CEO of Providence Hospital be from Abundant Living? Why are we just praying for our coworker to get saved and not praying for the entire building to get saved? Well, I hope my neighbor comes to Jesus. God wants your neighborhood to come to Jesus. It's not big enough. Where are you at, Dina? Girl, you're going to write more songs. Greater as he is not the best song you've ever written. You're going to write more songs. Someone encourage Dina more than that. Infinitely beyond. Number two. Every God-given dream requires some faith. Check this out. Verse six. Let me read verse five. He said, then he brought him outside and said, now look toward the heaven and count the stars. And if you are able to number them, so shall be your descendants. In verse six, he said, and he believed. And he believed. See, in this moment, Abram chose to believe what God was saying. He chose to reject what was in his reality and believe the promise. But let me show you something I had never seen before. Skip over to verse number 12. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. I saw this today and I I don't know why I'd never seen it. First of all, I want you to imagine how hard it was for Abram to even wrap his natural brain around the promise that God had made him. His wife had been barren, and now God is not only saying, will I give you a child, I will give you descendants as great as the stars in the sky, and then God says, go count them. Well, how many of you know that it is impossible to go count the stars in the sky, but did you catch what he did? He told him to go count them during the daytime. Seven verses later, the sun goes down. I thought to myself today, is this the moment when faith was truly created in the world? Was God saying to Abram, Abram, This dream I'm giving you is amazing, but boy, it's going to take some faith. You're going to have to walk by faith and not by sight. I just told you to count the stars that you can't see. You're going to have to walk by faith. You're going to have to believe me. And I'm telling you, man, a God-given dream 
is going to require some faith. Because there's going to be times where you can't see the provision. There's going to be times where you can't see where the door is going to open. There's going to be times where there's resistance. There's going to be time where you're going to have to pray one more time. Where you're going to have to fight one more fight. Where you're going to have to try one more time. You're going to have to forgive your wife one more time. See, this faith walk is not always easy, abundant living, but guess what it is? It is always worth it. Because at the end of faith is victory. And Abram looked up to the blue sky, saw no stars, and he said, God, I believe. And in that moment, God said, I am counting you righteous. Boy, sometimes, man, God's going to put something in your heart. And you're just going to have to believe. You're just going to have to stand there. And it will defy logic. It will defy reason. It will not make sense. It will challenge you to the very core of your existence. But you are going to have to look at your heavenly father and say, Lord, I may not understand how. I may not know where. But God, I believe. I got to move on. Verse 12 again. Point number three. It says, now when the sun went down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram and horror and darkness fell upon him. Can I tell you something? If your dream doesn't scare you a little bit, it's probably not big enough. I said, if your dream doesn't scare you a little bit, It's probably not big enough. I've never walked into a new season in my life that in my natural flesh, I wasn't a little scared. And that is the reason why number two and three are completely connected. Are you gonna trust in your flesh or are you gonna trust in God? Are you gonna lean on your own understanding or are you gonna lean on God? I remember how terrified I was the night that my dad told me, you're going to preach. I stood back there in the back room, trembling, literally shaking. Thank God he wasn't actually here. I mean, I'm still nervous. Six years later, I'm like, you here, man? Okay. Why am I up here? Is this okay? (laughs) When he preaches, all I'm thinking is, is this okay? (laughs) I remember the day my son was born. I mean, your second greatest legacy is your children. Your first greatest is that you served God. Your second is your children. And let me tell you, if you take care of number one, number two will take care of itself. Amen. I remember opening the West Side campus and we built a building instead of renting the theater. You can't get out of a $22 million building. I even had to sign a contract that no matter what happens, it would always be a church. 
It's like, well, there ain't no going back, is there? <laughs> Couldn't even sell it to a developer. I remember last year when my dad said, okay, you're the lead pastor. <laughs> now you're going to preach every week. And I was like, <laughs> every week? Yeah, Sunday and Wednesday. And I was like, see, before that, I was like the pinch hitter. I'd preach like once a month. I could study for three weeks. I could rehearse all my jokes on the staff. Be like, oh, note to self, that wasn't very funny. That was awkward. I would preach the lesson in our staff meetings and they'd kind of look at me like, oh, we're going to rework that. But now it's like I got from Sunday to Wednesday. And then again, I remember thinking, And then now, my friend Brian keeps telling me to write a book. And he won't stop bugging me about it. He's sitting back there. I'm not going to look at him. And I've been going, yeah, 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 yeah. Because it kind of scares me, I'll tell you the truth. But I'm saying it out loud because now that I say it, I'll have to do it. When are you going to go back to school and get that master's degree? When are you going to go open the business you've wanted to open for 10 years? When are you going to call the kid you haven't talked to? When are you going to start the connect group you wish we had? Stop waiting for us to do it. You do it. Amen. When are you going to finally forgive each other, husbands and wives? See, sometimes a dream is so big, it'll scare you a little bit. But once you move past that, God's power energizes you. And he brings his source. He brings his supply. My wife's been telling me, Jerry, El Paso's 90% Hispanic. We need to have abundant living in Spanish. And I go, then Carla, go preach in Spanish. And Carla says, I'm a king, not a priest. And Carla's been telling me, Jared, you learn Spanish and you preach it. And I'm like, I haven't even told my dad this. We've been having this conversation for six months. And I'll tell you this much. Last night, I'm or Wednesday night, I'm driving home from church. And the Lord actually, I felt like the Lord actually said to me, so when are you going to learn it? I was like, come on, God. I've already got to preach on Sundays and Wednesdays and Sundays and Wednesday. That's enough studying. We'll see what happens, you know? Maybe I'll write the book. In Spanish. Begs the question, right? Where's your trust? You know, God knows your potential. You want to know who else knows it? The devil. The question is, do you?
It'd be a real shame if Satan believed in you more than you do. Because every time God inspires a dream, the enemy will come to try to scare you, to fence you back in with your small thinking. And that's where that little fear comes from. To get you to go, no, 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 everything's okay right here. No, this is good enough. This is okay. And Paul said, we didn't fence you in. You're fencing yourself in. Step out, abundant living. Stop living small, abundant living. Live openly and expansively. But see, you go, you go, oh, 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 I'm really not smart enough. I don't give definitions like Charles gives definitions. Oh, my God. I'm funny, though. And you know that's the Holy Spirit, because people who know me in person, I ain't funny. (laughs) So, number four, out of Genesis 21, verse five. Now, Abram was a hundred. That's legend right there. (laughs) Number four, can I just tell you real quick that dreams are not ruled by your age? There's no age limit on dreaming. It doesn't matter how young or old you are. God still has amazing plans for your life. And if God told you he wanted to do something, then he's going to do it. If you'll step out and say, God, I believe. I don't care if you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. Why are you going to stop just because of a number? As long as you have breath, God has a plan. And God's plan is beyond your wildest imagination, Abundant Living. So when are we going to take the limits off and say, God, if you say I'll go, then I'll go. If you say to do it, then I'll do it. If you say to open another campus, then we'll open it. If you'll open the door, I'll walk through it, God. When are we going to take the limits off of our children? And say, why can't you be the governor? Why can't you be the doctor? Why can't you be a preacher? Why can't you be a songwriter? Why can't you be a poet? Why can't you be an evangelist? Why can't you go around the world? Why can't, when are we going to take the limits off? Why should it be everybody else and not us? God doesn't love them any more than he loves us. It doesn't matter your age. The only thing that matters is your God. That's the only thing that matters. Stand to your feet. I dare you to dream again. I dare you to dream to to where it, it even scares you a little bit. I dare you to dream so big that you have no choice than to trust in the Holy Spirit. I dare you to try one more time. I dare you to love one more time. I dare you to take a step you've never taken. I dare you to ask those people who have told you no to come to church, I dare you to ask them one more time. I dare you to knock on doors. I dare you to get down on your knees before God. I dare you to make whatever change you need to make 
to step out of the fence and to say to God, okay, God, I want the wide open, spacious life. I've got this dream. I'm 36, I'm 46, I'm 56. God, I've got this dream. And I'm not gonna let my insecurities stop me anymore. I'm not gonna let a little fear stop me anymore. I'm stepping out, God. I dare you, abundant living, to let your mind run wild for God's glory. To let your family run wild with faith. We let our minds run wild with so much else. Why don't we let it run wild with hope and with faith? Amen. So I'm just going to take a couple minutes more. I want you to take a step. If you know there's something in your heart that's been brewing and you've been sitting on it, I want you to take a step of faith tonight and I want you to come down to the altar of God. And I want you to say to God, if you'll lead me, then I'll go. You inspired it, so I say yes to you, Lord. No more will I build up a boundary or a limit. I want you to step out of the fence that you have put on your life. If there's a dream in your heart, God wants to go so far beyond that dream. Why don't we take a step of faith tonight, church, and step out of our comfort zones and come down and say to God, I put my trust in you. I put my hope in you for my family, for my business, for my church, for my city. And why don't we take a step of faith and say, God, I will go. You're gonna need to come closer. You're gonna need to come a lot closer. Come up here. You can come up here, don't be scared. It's a great place. You get lighting and everything, yeah. They get your good side always. Come on, lift your hands. You might wanna get on your knees, cry out to God, that's okay. Women, husbands, fathers, mothers, wives, aunts, uncles, business owners, managers, employees, employers, brothers, sisters, musicians and writers, poets, mechanics, plumbers, nurses and doctors, whatever the role may be, God, we lift them up to you. And right here in your church, Father, we say to you that we want all of what you have planned for our lives, our family, our church, and our city. And no longer will we live small lives. No longer will we be fenced in by the enemy, by our insecurities, by our fear, by our disappointment. Spirit lead us where our trust is without borders. We will go wherever you tell us to go, Father. We'll speak to whoever you tell us to speak to. If we have to fight and scratch and claw for what we know is right, then we will fight, we will scratch, we will claw, we will try. Because, oh God, we know 
that you never leave us, you never forsake us. And greater is your power on the inside of us than any challenge or a resistance that could come against us. And Lord, we know that you are faithful. Faithful to watch over your word and perform it. So tonight, we say yes. We say yes to you, Jesus. We say yes to our future. We receive the exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask, dream, or imagine. We say yes. In Jesus' name. 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 Come on, lift your hands. In Jesus' name. Spirit lead me. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For information on teaching material or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com.